Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. My name is Lynn Wilder. And I'm Michael Wilder. I'm under disguise today for a very special reason. I'm acting as a special agent because we have a a wonderful and very special person being interviewed today. And I'm just here to protect her. Okay. So I'm just going to be watching everything, looking at everything to make sure no harm comes to my beautiful daughter-in-law. And so that's what I'm doing. And this is not a gun. This is a finger. Okay. So we're, we're protected. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, Lynn, who do we have today? We are interviewing Alicia Devitt Wilder today. She is the wife of Micah Wilder, Micah, who wrote the book Passport to Heaven, um, came to know the God of the Bible. Alicia, though, also left the LDS faith and came to know the God of the Bible. And she actually had a part in our story. And she's precious to us, the mother of three of our grandsons. Um, Alicia, thank you so much for telling your story. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be able to share what God has done in my life. Tell us first a little bit about your upbringing. You came from a wonderful family, actually one of the original families, I think, that started Alpine, Utah at some point. You had a a family generational in Mormonism. Correct, yes. My mother's family were Beck family in Alpine, and they had settled the area back when the pioneers crossed the plains with Brigham Young. So deeply rooted and entrenched in the Mormon faith um, generationally, at least on her part. And my father had come from a more recent convert uh, family where his parents or his dad at least joined as a teenager and had started their life as new grounded people devoted their lives to the Mormon religion and uh, tried to live that out faithfully and instill that in their children. So on both ends, I've got the generational um, zeal and then the um, new convert zeal in our, in my blood. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about that upbringing. Were you active? And and you personally, did you were you attached to the LDS principles? Yes, my parents both did an amazing job raising us to um, have a desire for God in our lives and to know of Christ, um, at least the one the Mormons presented, and to have a childhood that was very devoted to our faith and. Um, in that upbringing, there was a lot of joy and peace and comfort and just kind of happy-go-lucky attitude. Um, so nothing seemed out of the ordinary as I was raised. And um, I was probably considered myself to be like the Molly Mormon mindset where I had a zeal that came from either that upbringing or something inside me that I wanted to just achieve my best and do my best and be my best. And um, 
suffered from moments of feeling like I couldn't live up to that standard, but I still wanted to prove to God that I was worthy of him or worthy of something and definitely would have called myself devout. I mean, I was baptized at the age of eight, had a big, lovely ceremony. Uh, my family would have been churchgoers religiously. We would try to honor um, Sunday uh, Sabbath rules, even on vacations and such, just to kind of be that honoring um, respect to what we believed. And we'd listen to conferences and go when we could. So we definitely had it as like the foundation of who we were was a life in Mormonism. Did you ever question your faith growing up, would you say? Um, not that I can recall until I was maybe 14 when the challenge came to the young people to read the Book of Mormon for themselves and to mm. challenge themselves to uh, pray that they had received the truth and uh, find that answer through the question they posed. Um, so I took that challenge upon myself and read through religiously devoted to the New or to the Book of Mormon to figure out if this um, zeal and this burning in my bosom was supposed to happen, that, that I'd know the Book of Mormon was true. Mm. And I took that on myself. So it took me months to read it. But then I remember one night just feeling like, okay, I've completed this, Lord. I'm going to pray to know that it's true like they've asked me to. And that was the first time that I ever received like a nothingness feeling. <laughs> And normally in Mormonism, there was always these welling up emotions and feelings of things being good and grand and, you know, just this creation of a of an environment where like I felt like everything was true because I had these emotional experiences and this emotional response to things that were good in nature or positive experiences. But this one stumped me. Yeah. Um, it left me wondering why... If I'm trying my best to read the Book of Mormon, I'm doing it with my whole heart. I'm seeking for this answer that's supposed to be this like burning in the bosom. Why did that not come? Why was there an empty feeling? And that was the first time I had ever kind of was thrown off anyway. <laughs> it didn't throw my faith out of the um, the religious basket that it was in, but it, it did put a question in my mind. That's That's really interesting because... You know, you're you're growing up in Alpine. And mm -hmm. if we know that Alpine is probably the most active LDS city in the world. I mean, there's like 99.9% .9 people who live in Alpine that are LDS and they're active. And so you're hearing all the time, you're 14 years old, you're going to school, you have friends, you're always hearing this thing about people's testimonies. And once a month, Every, you know, somebody stands up into a sacrament meeting uh, in the church, you know, worship meeting where somebody says, you know, I know the church is true. I know Joseph Smith was a prophet. I know the Book of Mormon is true. And you've heard this probably, I would imagine your entire life. And you hear it from your friends, you hear it from your teachers. 
everything in in Alpine is related to Mormonism because this is the community. And I find that quite interesting. Here you are, you know, going through the test and you're reading the Book of Mormon and you get through the end and you ask and you kind of go, uh, <laughs> like, well, where's the lightning? Where is this burning in my bosom? Where, you know, it's so, in other words, you, it seemed like you're saying that something just didn't seem right or was something not clicking with you at that point. Yeah, I mean, I would have been one of those kids that got up every sacrament Sunday or at least a couple, three times a year and bore my testimony of knowing everything that I thought was true was true. Um, but yeah, this was the first time. I mean, maybe I had turned 15. It was pretty somewhere, you know, before I had actually turned 16 when this happened. So it was definitely kind of an alarming thing to me, but it wasn't something that was going to change how I lived every day. Um, but yeah, it wasn't so much that like I felt like something was wrong or that I had felt like something was right. It's that I just felt nothing. Did, did you feel like maybe you were doing something wrong yourself? Like maybe I wasn't sincere enough when I was reading the Book of Mormon. Maybe I had questions of doubt just by reading the Book of Mormon and having questions of doubt that I didn't get any feedback from God. Um, initially, that was not a question in my mind. It was more a curiosity as to like, why the first time in my life do I not feel anything for the church, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But when I got back to church, we're supposed to bear our testimonies about how we, or they had posed the question, so they had given kids a chance to go through this process and to come back and share. And they had opened it up to the youth group to share. And I was hearing everybody else's responses and they made it seem like that's how I should feel if I didn't get an answer, that something should have been wrong with me or that I maybe wasn't in the right place or that I had done something wrong that I hadn't confessed or repented of. But I didn't feel like that was my heart and in going into this. So it kind of just left me stumped. And I kind of just left that experience and put it up on the shelf and moved on, you know. So in high school, you were active. Yeah. Did was there something else down the road that caused you to kind of rethink things? Um, not initially. But yeah, in high school, I turned 16 and then met your son. And then that was an exciting time because I was devoted and I wanted to be like part of the chairman in the seminary, but I didn't quite qualify. But I was still zealous and I wanted to be um, glorified, I guess, by my peers as being righteous and observed and looked at as righteous by my peers. And so after meeting him, it was an exciting time of uh, developing a friendship and a relationship with someone that I hadn't um, had that opportunity before to really have a boyfriend or devote that time to being that I was following the rules of the church and not strictly dating only one person and um, not dating until I was 16. So he and I really tried to keep things to, even though it was hard to not be exclusive, to try to still have friends and do other things and not be fully 
focused on one another to try to be religious and doing what the church had asked of us as young teenagers. So, so you were maybe sophomore and he was junior when you met? Um, I had just become a junior and he was a senior. I hadn't quite turned 17 yet. Um, so I was still 16. And yeah, so that was exciting. We developed a good friendship, but our friendship and our relationship was also grounded on this religious seal that we both had and this draw towards God and pleasing God that we had. So we developed a deep relationship pretty quickly that was a friendship um, above all else. And that was exciting to me because I didn't feel like many of my peers really understood the zeal that I had to want to please God because they're just teens and they just want to go do their thing. And I didn't feel like anyone else got that. <laughs> and that was one thing that Micah understood. He he wanted to do what God wanted him to do. And he wanted or had some sort of longing for God's approval, um, same as me, and felt like we were equally matched there. Um, and it led us into developing a really great friendship um, in high school and ultimately encouraged me to want to devote my life to either climbing the religious ladder or serving Christ any way that I knew how. Um, One of the things I remember you did was go to the Mormon temple really early in the morning before high school, you and Micah together and do baptisms for the dead, right? Yeah, I mean, that was the closest we could get to attaining the status in Mormonism of being in God's house. And so we frequently did. We frequently went in the mornings to perform the baptism so we could sit in the temple before school and have that kind of presence of God in our lives and then go to school. So our, our relationship was definitely focused on God. Awesome. So, that, that is interesting. It, in fact, that, uh, well, so so some people can understand the concept of Mormonism uh, in Mormonism, you do not date before you're 16, right? Is that is that a correct thing that you um, um, just, you know, no dating allowed? At least some parents uh, uh, did that. I think that's what the LDS taught at that time. I think they still might still teach that. But the uh, uh, so no dating before 16. And then you started seeing Micah some um, when you after you became uh, 16, and um, that uh, you started, uh, should break into the, the sound of music song, uh, I am 16, going on 17, uh, <laughs> and so forth. But, <laughs> but so, so, but can you imagine this? Here, you know, one is getting ready to go to 17, Alicia's becoming 16, and what do they do in the morning? You know, like at six o'clock in the morning, they go to the temple, the LDS temple, the Temple Nogus temple, fairly close to the high school, and they do baptisms for the dead. Can you imagine that? Are are these two people really devoted? I mean, Alicia, were you kind of doing that just to say, show people that you're really active, you know, you're really sincere? Uh, were you trying to do this to impress Micah? Because Micah was really had a lot of he was about as zealous as you could get uh, in Mormonism. Um, tell us some more about that and and 
my understanding, this started your junior year and you guys did this your junior year and through your senior year. Is that correct? Yeah, well, we are a year apart. So it would have been my junior year and his senior year. Okay. And so, yes, we were both very zealous to, uh, I would say for me, it was a longing to please God that drove me to want to do the temple baptisms and kind of want to be in a place where I thought I could feel at peace with God's presence and uh, not necessarily Micah's like persuasion because I had done that before. I'd gone to the temple and done baptisms with the ward every chance that they gave us. And I, I certainly enjoyed the fact that my boyfriend wanted to do that and that we were both excited to try to live for God in a sense or have some sort of zeal for this Mormon way of, of attaining status. So possibly could have been like the status in the community, but there was an aspect of genuineness behind it. Like I wanted to please God and I wanted to do what the church told me because they told me that that's how I should please God. So <laughs> Um, so eventually hoped that my life would lead to where I could have some sort of status in the church, like a primary president of the stake or of the church entirety or a young woman's president entirety. I mean, I held positions in my local ward and, uh, youth, um, you know, president or secretary or something like that in the young women's groups growing up and attained all my little gold medals for kind of like the scouts program, but the young women program for completing all the requirements of that. And Alicia is an oldest child and very organized and uh, a good leader personality. So that, that was a good fit. And I could see that as a heart desire for you. So Mike is a year older. He graduates from high school. He goes to BYU just for a semester, and then he goes off on his Mormon mission, which is a typical thing for a young man to do. What was happening in your life then? Yeah, I mean, we promised each other that we would follow the church's rules, and we didn't want to be tied down to our relationship that it would hinder his service as a missionary or my um, path, whatever direction it would take or following, you know, finishing school and starting at BYU on my own the next, the next year. So we chose to leave our relationship as friends. And again, it was based on friendship in the beginning. So that was fine. I, we chose to not promise to be with one another after the mission, but to say, Hey, I'm going to let you do your thing. And I'm going to, find out what God has for me doing my thing. And that was a good opportunity for the both of us to dive into where God really wanted our lives to go. So I felt like it allowed me to finish high school and um, develop friendships with other people and kind of test the waters with other relationships and other other people and kind of get the sense that Although other people might have been zealous for the church, there was uh, definitely a devotion missing that I felt like I had and a devotion to pleasing God. Um, but yeah, that ultimately led me to 
starting at BYU. And that was exciting for me because it was a new adventure and a new place and a new environment where a little more of the world was visible <laughs> than at a 99.9% Mormon devoted, you know, public high school. So that was an exciting time. Not that BYU is necessarily an example of the outside world, but certainly you met a lot of other LDS there. And Alicia used to come visit me in my office. That was very sweet to me during that time. So did anything happen with you at BYU? Were, was your strength, did you strengthen your faith in Mormonism? Um, I think by the end of my high school year, I kind of started feeling a hole in my life. It probably came from missing Micah as my friend, but that hole in my life became more visible and more prominent and more void, more of a void to where I was trying to continue to live all the res the rules and live all the guidelines and do what I was supposed to it felt like none of that was leading anywhere for me anymore. Mm. Um, that the the church's standards kind of held me captive in a way. Um, and I got to the point where BYU was a really good place for me to discover who I wasn't as an adult but not to like fall down rabbit holes of the worldliness that a lot of people get stuck in. Cause I would have said I never broke any like strict religious um, rules that would have tainted my ability to call myself worthy to take the sacrament on Sunday. But I had certainly felt internally like I started recognizing the sin nature in me or just the ability to want things against God's will or want things in my life that weren't necessarily good or healthy or giving me um, the satisfaction of feeling like God was actually pleased with me and instead just kept feeling like that void was getting bigger and bigger. Um, so yeah, I got to a point where three months into college, I'm seeing not only that void in myself, but I'm seeing hypocrisy in my peers and in like, how are these people really devoted to this religion when it just doesn't seem to matter that much to them or that's not their focus or their life or their focus is, is excellence in college and excellence in a career and excellence in the world. But where is, where's Christ in all of this? Where's that? purpose that I thought our church was founded on um, or there's just something missing about it. Like I, I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was at this point. Um, I remember when we first moved there, Matt coming to me at one point saying, mom, the hypocrisy said my friends are like drinking on Saturday night and then going to church on Sunday morning and passing the sacrament as if as if nothing's bothering them about that. You right. know? And I'm sure there were many folks who didn't do that. 
but um, it's interesting both. It seems like God's partially making you aware of your own sin, maybe, and your own sin nature, and then seeing some hypocrisy, and then feeling this hole for something new or something different or something else. We're down to the last uh, minute and a half. Can you? We're going to do several parts till we get through Alicia's testimony. Um, can you set us up? Was there something that that kind of switched while you were at BYU? Um, that last few uh, or that last quarter <laughs> that I experienced. Um, or the first quarter of BYU that I experienced, I received an email from Micah after having just had the platonic friendship. And in that email, it said, God is something more. And mm. God has an unconditional love for us that is more than I think I understand right now, but I'm excited to look into it. And he encouraged me to read the New Testament like a child and kind of left me there. Like it was just this random out of the blue um, email communication when we had just done letters and it was just X, Y, Z of what was going on in my mission to something like personal, something that meant something and like a glimmer of hope. And it came kind of at the exact right time when I got to a breaking point with myself in that I had, you know, adventured out into a party and joined in in the just nothing of sin nature, quite extreme. But in my heart, it felt wrong. You know, it's like I'm not really doing anything wrong according to the church's standards. But in my heart, I feel like I'm disappointing God or I'm not living up to a potential that I have or I'm just, why am I here, <laughs> you know? Um, everyone else around me finds this satisfactory and sufficient and okay. I don't feel satisfied. Nothing is satisfying this void that I have, the seeking for friendships or relationships or this and that in the in even in the BYU community isn't satisfying. And so that email was the catalyst for the next chapter in my life. Oh, perfect. And we are out of time. Mr. Mike, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> we'll get into it more next time. Yes. We look forward to part two. Grace and peace to you, Alicia. We'll pick up there. Until next time. Hey, God bless. <laughs>